0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus the Liberating King and live in his kingdom here
1: on earth as it is in heaven.
2: My son Miles was just a few months old when I first failed him as a father. It wouldn't be the last time. I was changing his diaper in our bathroom and I turned momentarily to throw away a dirty wipe. And it couldn't have been more than a half second, I swear. But in which time, Miles had rolled off the changing table and hit the tile floor below. And many parents know this uniquely sickening thud of that sound, and then the sinking in the stomach, and then this panic. I've failed so utterly. I have broken my child. I never should have been trusted with something so pure and beautiful. And so we pause today to acknowledge with gratitude our own earthly fathers, Uh, but not only fathers, grandfathers, uncles, mentors, teachers for their presence, their wisdom, their encouragement, not because of their perfection, but because even when they allowed us to hit the ground, they were there to scoop us up and to make sure we were okay because they did the best they could. And to those whom a day like this brings about feelings of loss, or for those with strained or non-existent relationships with their fathers, or who have experienced harm in these relationships, we see you, which is why we come together once again as a family to turn our attention and our worship to our heavenly Father, who as we are reminded by the psalmist, he holds you firmly in place. He will not let you fall, he who keeps you will never take his eyes off you and will never drift off to sleep. And so Ecclesia, as we gather today to pray and enter the scriptures, may we join our voices now to our Father in heaven, who even in this moment holds each of us as his beloved children. Let's sing together.
3: Trials when you lose your way. Look to Him for strength today. Do the same for you as He did for me. Lay down your burdens at His feet. He set me free, He set me free. My Jesus. Shackle me Not old, but With His blood, cover covered me. Took away my sin. Set me free. He set me free. Set me free. My Jesus came and rescued me. He set me. Recycle me, my Jesus, set me Você e Die near the shore And the fearful breakers roar Grant me long and peaceful rest Then while leaning on your chest
4: Ecclesia, we continue to be committed, even in this challenging season, to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well for the spiritual health of our people, and especially for the care of our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
5: Hello, my name is Hannah C and I am Pastor Chris's daughter. And today for Father's Day, I decided I would take the reins a little bit and uh, learn from him what it's like to be a father. So I'm gonna let him sit back a little, relax, and uh, interview him so we can get some of his insight on being a father today.
6: Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. (laughs) It's nice to have a daughter who's in charge. So take us where you would like to go. I'm
5: very good at it, thank you. Um, So I would like to start off by saying um, I was just gonna highlight I think what I have learned the most from you and have been most appreciative of is um, something that we probably butted heads about a little earlier on when I was a little bit younger is uh, you're very much of a go-getter and when you see something you're gonna get it done. Um, and that may be hard for a little kid sometimes, but I think that has shaped me the most into being the very justice-driven and um, go-getter person that I am today who is ready to take charge at any moment. <laughs> so I uh, would like to say thank you for that first.
6: You are welcome.
5: Yes, okay. So um, on this Father's Day, um, I would first like to ask you, um, what have been the highlights of fatherhood?
6: Oh, I think the best part of being a dad um, is getting to experience the different seasons with your kid, right? And every season is a mystery as to what you guys will develop into, who you'll become. And uh, so, like, I love this season. Like, you two girls are adults. And this summer on my, my sabbatical, like, we traveled together like adults. Like, we got to have great food and drink and conversation and... When you're little, it's hard to imagine that. Um, but it is, I, I think most parents would say that by the time your, your kids get older, your greatest goal is that your kids want to be around you. And, um, mm-hmm. and I'm really blessed that I have kids that are really fun. They're really smart. There's never a shortage of good conversation uh, when we're all together. And my favorite place in the world is to be at the table eating food. And uh, and my kids, for the most part, have embraced that. I mean, you girls love it as much as I love it. So I love that part of fatherhood.
5: It's probably one of my favorite parts of being your child. So thank you for always getting us good food. That is one thing I will brag on him about for sure, is that you always bring the best food into the house and introduce us to so many new kinds of foods and new cultures through food. So I think we've all learned a lot from that and experienced we have. a lot through that. Um, so what did you imagine being a father would be like and how was it like that or how wasn't it like that?
6: Yeah, I, I think I've told you the story before that right after um, I got back from my honeymoon, your uncle B called me and told me that they were pregnant with Olivia, um, your cousin, the oldest of all the cousins. And it was at that moment I felt like, oh Lord, I'm an adult now, like (laughs) I'm responsible. And I think being a father, the main thing you get is like, I'm responsible for other people, like I can't mess up. Um, And that means like financially and emotionally, and you know, when you're, especially in your 20s, you don't really know what all that means. I knew it meant I was gonna work hard. Um, I didn't know, like we were starting Ecclesia and the only way we could pay the bills was for me to travel and speak all the time. So that was good and that it took care of us, but it was hard and that I was away from you guys probably more than I would have liked looking back. Um, But it's that blend of responsibility and opportunity. We also traveled together a lot, even when you guys were little. So you went to conferences and colored while I spoke and we'd add on a Disneyland trip. So those parts were so great. Um, But I had the sense it would be all responsibility and it has always been that, but it's been so much fun. I think the thing that surprises me most about being a father is that I have four kids that are all entirely different. Um, like people look at you in Trinity and you look like twins, right? So people think you're twins and you couldn't be more different, right? You're an Enneagram eight who leads strong and has great passion. And if you think something's an injustice, you'll run through it. right?
5: I don't care who's in front of me.
6: Yeah trinity like she's afraid of change like any change so she would rather just keep things the same even if they're not that great right so i tell the story we had this house we had this refrigerator you remember the refrigerator this sub-zero refrigerator and it was like 28 years old this refrigerator and we wanted it to die so bad because we had home warranty
5: it really was dead Basically, it was
6: dead it barely kept the food cold It didn't have an ice maker. It's all these things where the ice maker didn't work. We couldn't get it fixed. It finally went out and we were so excited to get a new Sub-Zero stainless steel home warranty chipped in and Trinity came home from school and she cried and cried and cried. I didn't get to say goodbye to my refrigerator. That's been my refrigerator my whole life. And we were just like, oh Lord, Trinity, this refrigerator is way better than the other one. The food's not gonna spoil. But for her, change is hard, right? And Christian and Solomon are both really different kids and they have amazing strengths and they're just different. So I think I never would have guessed as a father that you could have the same genes and four kids that could turn out entirely different and all amazing so I, I would not have been able to grasp that at the beginning of fatherhood i don't yeah, think
5: i don't think we could have turned out more different in a lot of ways yeah no. yeah and I, I just had this flashback of um, when you were talking about something you said earlier just a random flashback I haven't, I haven't thought about this but when you were saying you would always be gone um speaking a lot to like make money when we were starting ecclesia and didn't really have much um i just remembered this random flashback that we would have a candle next to our bed every night that you were gone, that you would be traveling. We would light the candle and know, and that would tell us you were gone, but that you were coming back in how many days. So hmm. I, I just haven't thought about that in like yeah. 10, 15 years.
7: Yeah, I just remember That's sweet. that. That's sweet.
5: Yeah, um, kind of similar. Were there any big surprises about fatherhood?
6: Yeah, I think the fact that you guys were so different. And that you never know what the future holds, right? So if we look to the pandemic. Like, I, I wouldn't have guessed all the things that could be happening in our life right now. Um, you never could have dreamed it up. But you get through it together. And you try to talk to each other. And even when things have been really hard, um, we've been able to communicate and work through things. And, um, and that's amazing, you know. It's, but that's part of having adult kids, too, that makes it really a joy.
5: hmm yeah okay next um i will spare the other kids but i will give you a chance to wrap wrap me out what was the hardest part of parenting me
6: specifically (laughs) well it's it's probably a general theme there's not like a moment that embodies it but as a parent um, part of what you love as a parent is like you become profoundly attached to your kid and you're an Enneagram eight like I am. But I think early on when you were little, your eight-ness and your leadership meant that you let us know early, like you didn't need us, you know, so so you walked into kindergarten.
5: I was gonna say, do you wanna say what yeah, happened on you, the first day of kindergarten? Yeah, you walked
6: into kindergarten. It's kindergarten, right? And we're like I've never been. I didn't
5: up. even go to preschool.
6: Never been to school a day in your life. And we bring you to kindergarten at this little Waldorf school, and I'm ready to walk you in. And you're like, no, 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 I got this. <laughs> you, you would not let us walk you into kindergarten.
5: I could bear I remember I could like barely reach the gate to like let myself yep. into the school. And you grabbed but... your
6: stuff and you basically said, You are staying in the car, I'm walking into kindergarten. And, <laughs> and I remember just crying like, Oh my lord, this kid is never gonna let me parent her.
5: Yeah, I remember going in on the first day of kindergarten and I thought I, I kinda thought, Why are all these parents in here? Like it's for the kids because all the parents <laughs> were coming in and dropping their kids off meeting the teacher you know and i just remember going up to them and being like hello we can go over here and sit and play with these toys if you'd like you can say goodbye to your mom now and like (laughs) bringing them over to the toys and like sitting them down and being like your mom's gonna leave now and we're gonna stay here at kindergarten so yeah yeah okay i have a question that i've been wondering so i guess now it's a good time to ask you in front of all of these people i've noticed a little shift in the past couple months um during Corona, I've realized that we can get almost anything we ask for. Um, we've asked for three new puppies. And if you follow our family on any social media, you know that we got three new puppies. Um, so I was wondering, what what's that about? Are you becoming more soft with more years of fatherhood?
6: I, I think I am a softie at this point. I think um, I think probably all parents right now are at this place where they're going, if it brings my kids joy, I'm going to do it, right? And and I can't put you guys on a plane and take you to Disneyland. And I can't, like, there's just so many things I can't do. The, the things you can do, you want to do. And, uh, yeah, I've picked up a lot of poo and wiped up a lot of pee over the last few months. But we've laughed a lot, and it's been really fun. And I don't think any of us regret it. The time we've all spent together in quarantine has been... Really fun and beautiful. Even though you girls are older and you're moving around a little bit more, and Hannah doesn't have a room at home anymore, which I or can anywhere. relate to. I was I was a firstborn child. Right now, she doesn't have a room anywhere. We're ready to sign a lease in Waco, but soon, you will. Um, but even with all the difficulties, it has been pure joy. So it's been really good. It has been so, fun. Thanks for interviewing me. I should share a little bit, and then I have a question for you of uh, submissional updates for Ecclesia and then you could close out with a story. Um, Ecclesi, I wanna thank you for all that you do. Your giving continues to sustain the work that we get to do all across the globe. Uh, That includes with our homeless brothers and sisters here. And I wanna alert you to a shift that we're gonna be making in how we feed our homeless brothers and sisters for the rest of the summer. We've been largely providing food from Paperco, for the hot meals that we provide. You've been bringing donations as well of other uh, non-perishable foods that we get to share, and that's still gonna be really important to drop off. But we're gonna be working going forward this summer with local restaurants. We're seeking out some restaurants. Some are owned by Ecclesians. We're also focusing on, uh, on restaurants owned by African-Americans here in our city that we wanna support and help see them through a difficult time, and at the same time, get to feed our homeless brothers and sisters. If you want to sponsor one of those meals, we'll be buying 120 meals from each of those restaurants. The more that are sponsored, the more we can provide. If you'd like to sponsor one of those, 120 meals, the price will be a little bit different at each restaurant. You can email Lauren at EcclesiaHouston.org, and we'll get you set up to be a sponsor of one of those. That could be you, that could be your company, whoever it might be. Also, Ecclesia, we're really excited to be uh, sharing our We're Gonna Make It Through t-shirts. We have a special edition for children, and you can go to the website, EcclesiaHouston.org slash shirt, and you can order those shirts uh, so that our kids can also encourage their friends, neighbors, family members, and remind them we're gonna make it through. I want to uh, celebrate the award winner this week of our We're Gonna Make It Through Award. Manuel Sanchez, longtime Ecclesia staff member, heart of gold, loves Jesus with all that he has and is, we're so grateful for Manuel. Uh, this week, our brothers and sisters at Harmony House and other homeless brothers and sisters organized the most massive thank you card to share with Manuel. They wanted to thank him for the way that he's been consistent and loving, providing food and care, pastoral leadership. Many of you know Manuel's story. He was living on the streets when we first met him in Montrose. Hannah, you lived in Montrose. We have so many stories to tell about that. But you grew up in a church where it was normal to be around homeless brothers and sisters. and. Um, and some of our trans brothers and sisters that live on the street. it was just a part of the fabric of your life. how How do you think that has shaped you uh, in growing up as an intimate part of Ecclesia in the way that you see the world?
5: Yeah, um, I just started getting a little emotional when I thought about that, but um, I would say that um, I have um, I grew up being loved most intimately by those people, um, and they shaped me. and so whenever I hear people talk, with stigmas about um, our brothers and sisters on the street or who are homeless or um, any number of factors. Um, it it has been hard for me to understand my whole life just because those were the people who gave me Christmas presents and would go out of their way. And I could ask for the craziest thing for Christmas and they would um, like our our, our guy Ted. Um, I asked for an orange Christmas tree um, <laughs> for Christmas when I was little, and my parents were like, That doesn't exist. You can't get an orange Christmas tree. Um, and Ted went out, bought me a, a Christmas tree, and spray painted it orange. Um, and so I have yeah. just felt the most loved by um, those people my entire life, and I think that's what pursued me to get up my first degree in social work. And now I'm um, studying for my second degree in social work, and so um, I think it's just really guided where I gravitate towards and who i gravitate towards
6: yeah yeah
5: so since i'm in charge here today still for this portion um i'm going to ask you a question to close this out so i would like to know and like to leave everyone especially any new fathers or um fathers to be what is your best advice for new fathers
6: for new fathers, the best thing that I did, I made plenty of mistakes as a father, and we all will, but the best thing that I did was take advantage of as much time as I could with you guys when you were little and tiny, and I put you skin to skin. I'd get home at night and take off my shirt, put you on my chest, and rock you to sleep. I'd watch football, and it felt like it was a job. I'm watching football while I have my kid on me. It was perfect, It was, but I felt so bonded to each of you physically. Um, as you just laid there and I got to love on you. And that physical bonding, I just can't underestimate it. Everything I read uh, says that, that that bonding, what it does for kids, it boosts their immune system, it gives them a sense of love and health and support. And, uh, and for a dad, you just, you think like when you were born, I thought I couldn't love another kid as much as I would love you. I thought it was impossible. And then Trinity shows up and my heart just got so much bigger and, Solomon shows up and it gets bigger and Christian shows up and it gets bigger but a big part of that was taking the time to bond with each of you so thanks for being in charge today You're welcome. it was nice to take a back seat and uh, to all the fathers out there happy Father's Day we hope you feel loved and celebrated today I'm really grateful that we get to hear a word from our brother Sean Palmer and uh, Sean's going
0: to share with us now Hello Ecclesia, let me wish you a happy Father's Day. If you have been around the church for a while or you are really familiar with the Bible, you'll know that Father's Day is not on the liturgical calendar. It's not a church holiday. And and so it's this time of year that we pause with the rest of our country to think a little bit about fathers, even knowing that it's not a religious holiday, but it does give us an opportunity to pause and think about our relationships not just with our own earthly fathers like some of us have had really great experiences with our dads and some of us have had really hard difficult tough experiences with our dads but the scriptures do this interesting thing jesus does this profound thing that over and over again he asks us to call the god who created us father or at least he calls the God who created us, Father, from the very moment when his disciples ask, Lord, teach us how to pray. He begins with our Father. And Jesus doesn't do that to elevate maleness or to say that fathers are better than other people who don't experience being a father. What he's doing is he's painting a kind of a picture of the way things ought to be, a way we ought to relate to God, that even though none of our, earthly fathers measure up to that standard, that they all let us down in some way, that God is the kind of God who wants to relate to us in a particular and close way. So Ecclesia, I want to show you a picture. And this is a picture that I took this past Christmas when my father came to be with our family here in Houston for Christmas. And I know this is gonna be hard to believe and nobody went out of their way to make this happen. But before this last Christmas, it had been something like 25 years since I had last spent Christmas with my dad. And you're saying right now, Sean, that's a great picture, but it's not a picture of you and it's not a picture of your dad. No, this is a picture of my dad's wife's granddaughters, Lauren, Michaela, and Messiah, along with my two daughters. And they live with my dad and my stepmom. And I think about this picture. I think about a picture of fatherhood because my dad at 73 years old is raising three young women and he is a very different father than he was when he was raising me in the 80s. And the Bible gives us all of these incredible pictures of what fatherhood can be. Jesus says that we pray to our father, but the ones that stand out to me happen in the first Testament. I'm mindful of Deuteronomy one where Moses has led his people out of Egypt, out of slavery. And they have been wandering in the wilderness for years and years and years. In fact, they've been wandering for generations and they tried to go into the promised land already one time and they didn't have enough faith. And so they wandered some more. And it's getting close to them going into the promised land again and moses circles everybody around and he reminds them of everything that god has done for them bringing them out of slavery and what their wilderness wandering years were like and the last time that they were here and their parents generation was faithless and didn't believe in god and then he says god promised you this and we have wandered in the wilderness and don't you remember that god carried you? Like a father? And the other, for me, happens in Genesis 33, when Jacob and his brother Esau have been estranged and at odds for years because Jacob stole his brother's birthright and blessing and had to run away. And now later in life, they are reuniting. But by this time, Jacob and Esau both have these enormous families. And as Jacob returns home, his brother knows he's coming and he comes out to meet him on horseback, not just alone, but with all of his men. And Jacob's really unsure what all of this means. Esau gets off the horse and he approaches his brother. And there's reconciliation and they reunite. And Esau says, hey, you've got all of these wives and all of these children, and all of these servants, this incredible household, but it's time for us after a lifetime of being estranged, it's time for us to connect together. So let's go on, let's go on back home. And Jacob tells his brother, no, you go ahead because I do have all of these wives and all of these children. And the scriptures tell us that at that moment that Jacob decided to slow his pace to the speed of the children. And so when I think about Father's Day when all of the naughtiness that can mean for some of us, I'm mindful of a God who asked us to call him Father not because of maleness and not because of physicality, not because of power, but a fundamental way that God wants to relate to his people, that he wants to be, and he is the kind of God who carries us, who slows his pace to ours. And like I said, my dad is 73, and when you are in your 70s, The last thing you expect to have to do with your life is raise three little girls, but through a lot of twists and turns, my dad's wife's son died in a car accident. He was driving along the street, a street that I know very well in Jackson, Mississippi, lost control of the car and slammed into a fuel station and died. And the girl's mother was out of the picture. And so the only option was to either have the state separate the three girls, send them to different homes, or to send them all to the same home way down in South Mississippi where they wouldn't be able to see their grandparents. And so Joanne, my dad's wife, didn't want that to happen. And so she said, we'll take the girls. And I watch my dad who, when I was young, was doing what most fathers have to do when they have young children, working a lot, building a career, providing, but now he is retired. And I sit there and watch them sit on his lap. And i watch him carry them. And he and I talk about what it's like to raise 13 year olds. He calls and asks me what we're doing with teenage girls as their oldest girl enters into teenagehood. And there are all of these movements about what's going to happen with the girls and should he go ahead and adopt them, and he really wants to, and there are so many hurdles to do that. And when those girls go to school on the first day of every grade when the teachers are going through the role, calling out names and they call out their first name and their last name. And the girl says, oh no, that's not my last name. My last name is Palmer because being fathered invites us into a new reality, a new way of relating and a new way of being that all of us who have experienced tragedy and abandonment and trauma, what God is saying, what Jesus is saying when he asks us to pray to our father is to know that there is an entity at work in the world who is calling us into a different way of being that is giving us a new name. And so, Ecclesia, this Father's Day, the invitation for all of us is to receive God's fathering of us, his loving for us, knowing that our own fathers and life has failed us. But it's also to be open to the people that God is calling us to father, to carry, to pace with. And so, may you be blessed this day and every day, knowing that the God who created you wants you to call him
1: Father. Ecclesia, now we have the great privilege to come to the table. i reminded how Jesus gathered his friends on that so important night and he took a piece of bread and he broke it. And he proclaimed, this is my body broken for you, signifying just the great suffering that he was gonna do on our behalf. In the same way he took a cup, he filled it with wine, and he proclaimed something that changed our lives forever. This is my blood shed for you. And in it, we find forgiveness of sins and just a whole new identity. As we come to the table today, I would like to guide us through a prayer as we just prepare our hearts. This is just as a family, a simple way that we could acknowledge in some ways that we might've missed it. I will read as a celebrant and you could respond as the people. Lord, you have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and time again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen.
8: This is the part in our service where we get to recognize and bless some of our very, very important and precious members of our community. Those are our kids. Jerry and I, we don't have kids, um, but we know a lot of kids and we love a lot of kids. And we certainly have prayed for many, many children over the years. And so would you join me in this prayer for the children in your lives and for children around the world? Jesus, we thank you for your example of how you loved the little children. You said, let them come to me. You have encouraged us to have a childlike faith. And so kids, this is prayers for you. I pray that you would know the amazing and generous and kind love of God, and that you would never, ever doubt His outrageous love for you, and know that there is nothing that you can do to take that love away. Amen.
2: As a benediction for this time of great unrest, receive this reminder from Psalm 121. I look up at the vast size of mountains. From where will my help come in times of trouble? The eternal creator of heaven and earth and these mountains will send the help I need. He holds you firmly in place. He will not let you fall. He who keeps you will never take his eyes off you and never drift off to sleep. What a relief, the one who watches over Israel never leaves for rest or sleep. The eternal keeps you safe so close to him that his shadow is a cooling shade to you. Neither bright light of sun nor dim light of moon will harm you. The eternal will keep you safe from all of life's evils, from your first breath to the last breath you breathe, from this day and forever. Ecclesia family dwell in peace.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.